Welcome to B Squared, your weekly weather podcast. Meet Bonnie. She's from Oklahoma. Where the wind comes sweeping down the plain. A meteorology major and loves to chase. Meet Bobby. He's from Oregon. Going green. Greenage. Saddle up. You got it, boss. Oregon AMS vice president and a former TV weather producer. It's B Squared. Let's talk weather. Welcome into B Squared, your weekly weather podcast. I am Bobby in Oregon. And I'm Bonnie in Oklahoma. Bonnie, happy Easter to you, first and foremost. Yes, happy Easter. Thank you. Well, you know, the big weather story today, and we'll go back and talk about stuff you know that happened last week, but the big story today is we have a PDS tornado watch already have been issued. Um, we've already seen a half dozen or more tornado warnings posted uh, mm-hmm. for areas in Arkansas, Louisiana and now making its move into Mississippi but uh Bonnie it's uh it's shaping up to be one of those big days. Yes, it is kicking off early and it's just going to move on east uh, Alabama's next so I wonder if they're going to extend that PDS tornado watch into Alabama. Uh it's very possible they do. I know that um tornado watches have been posted ahead of the line which is moving through right now. Um, mm-hmm. If you want to, if you were to dissect where that line is right now, basically it's running uh, the upper two thirds of the state of Mississippi back down into Louisiana. Um, lines are forming out just to the east of Lake Charles. Uh, we'll probably push through New Orleans later, but Shreveport was in the action this morning. They're out of it. Jackson, Mississippi is about to get into it. Tupelo's in it right now. Memphis, Tennessee is uh, starting to get into the action, and they're kind of where that upper level low is that's controlling mm-hmm. this whole thing. But uh, yeah, Bonnie, as you mentioned, Alabama's next, Tennessee's next, and then Georgia later tonight. So, man, it's and a, then the Far East Coast yeah. in the next coming days. So, yeah. uh, this is not one of those things that we like to see on a on a holiday Sunday or any Sunday for that matter, but. All the ingredients are there, and as we said, it's a PDS. It's a particularly dangerous uh, situation. Um, people need to be alert, you know. And the, the one thing about a podcast is, you know, you can go back and listen to this anytime, right? So most people will hear this either tomorrow, or the next day, like, oh, you know, well, they were talking about the Sunday. This is mm-hmm. where it's really important to have access to a radio or a television yeah. or your cell phone, as we have talked about, because. You know, as much as Bonnie and I want to be ones that are, you know, sounding the alarms, hey, make sure you stay safe because of the medium that we are on in this podcast, you probably won't hear that today. And that's fine. But that's Mm -hmm. why we remind you to stay abreast of the situation. Be by be by a television, be near radio, have your phone fully charged because that information will save your life. Absolutely. And, and the crazy thing is in this day and age with all the social media and everything to not know what's on deck for today is crazy. And I messaged a friend in Alabama and I was like, you need to be paying attention. You're in the direct bullseye. He was in Birmingham. And I was like, you're literally in the bullseye. And he was like, he was like, Oh, thanks for telling me like, what's the timeline. And he just seemed like he had no idea it was going to happen. And I was like, dude (laughs) like you can't just not like how do you not know you know like how do you not know well people i mean listen you know and again i understand that you know we're we're weather geeks right and that's what it boils down to we're big weather nerds um you have a degree in meteorology i wish i had a degree in meteorology but that's okay um but this is what we this is what we do this is what we talk about this is what you know makes us tick some people aren't like us you know, it's the same people that tell me that they don't like sports. And I just look at them and I'm just like, what is wrong with you? 
<laughs> what planet are you from? Right? But that's <laughs> but that's just what it happens. And so I get it. People might not understand that there is weather. People don't necessarily watch the news anymore. But you should still have, you know, that sense of, hey, you know what? We live in the South. We live in the Midwest. We live wherever where storms do happen. Yeah. And, and you know your tornado season. Exactly. And that's happening right now for this area of the country. So, yeah, definitely knowing just when what time of year you're in is going to be really important. So, yeah, you got you got to have a better idea of what's happening. There's no doubt. Yeah. About it. And if anything, if you're not a big TV watcher, I mean, people watch TV, but it's Netflix and stuff, which that's a whole other discussion about how right. to break into that. But everyone has at least a Twitter or at least a Facebook. So follow your local news stations or individual meteorologist, at least one, because they will be posting stuff exactly in the days leading up to it and the day of, of course. So if anything, at least do that and be checking it. Right. Normally, like people do anyway. So it, it's 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 an absolute valid point. I mean, even if you're not into it, at least be friends with or follow somebody who is. Yeah. Because you know, because infor- they're going to be talking about it. Yep. Yeah. And exactly, information is power. We have talked about, um, you know, this line of storms that's making this first wave go through, um, Yazoo City, Mississippi, Bonnie. I mean, if you are a weather mm. geek, you just say Yazoo City, you automatically know. Okay, big tornado. We get that. Yeah. Several years ago. Well. Yazoo City is under a tornado warning right now, and the cell that moved through, we were talking about before we started taping, was very impressive on radar. Um, very. Radar indicated rotation. I have not seen any storm reports or reports from storm uh, chasers or spotters saying it was, but now that warning continues now as it continues to march off to the east, just to the north of Jackson, Mississippi. Um, you know, the atmosphere is prime, and we've talked about yeah. this Um in weather circles for days. And you and I had mentioned when we were chatting uh, earlier this week, you know, it's very rare to see a high or elevated risk, you know, four five, six days out. But again, this was another case where we knew three or four days ago that, Hey, the conditions were going to be perfect. And lo and behold, you know, forecast so far has verified. Yeah. And so it'll be very interesting to see tomorrow Right. What all happened, you know what I mean? So I'll be having the weather channel on all day, and so will you, and radar scope will be on fire today, too, and it's just going to be exciting. I hope just everybody pays attention and right. stays home well, like they already are. Yeah, <laughs> and the nice thing is everybody's home. Um, there's no live golf to interrupt. There's just the replay of the Masters, which I'm not going to lie. I've been going back and forth. I already know that Tiger won last year, and that's great, but it's kind of cool to go back and see, and they've tied in some live commentary with Tiger um, throughout the day, so that's cool to see, but um, you know... See, the quarantine has kind of given meteorologists a break. Like, it has. There's no live sports going on, so they can't interrupt anything because nothing's happening and everybody's home watching right. replays of stuff, so... Maybe this this is a nice break for meteorologists to not get a bunch of flack for a couple months. One will hope, but I guarantee you people will still give them crap because that's just what that's people true. do. So. People find a way. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I can't believe you wore that today. Oh, don't, don't, <laughs> don't even get me started on those. And I feel bad. I do feel bad for my sisters, especially in the weather community on TV, that get those viewer emails all the time. <sighs> Folks. It's, just, it's crazy. Like, get over it. Like. Who cares what tie he was wearing or what dress she was wearing or what? Just whatever. That's not right. the point of the break-in. Like, yeah, just just stop. 
Yeah. Just, be, just because you have a voice does not always mean that you need to share it. Okay. Right. Or just because you don't enjoy your life doesn't mean you have to bring other people's down every time. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, that just, I digress because that drives me nuts, but you're right. <laughs> um, quarantine, we're, we're going to see, you know, what happens throughout the course of the day. I will say that, you know, we had talked about this <clears throat> in March, but there are several counties and parishes that have announced that they will not open storm shelters today because of COVID-19 mm-hmm. and coronavirus. So that's another very tricky aspect of it. And yes. so, you know, it, if you do not know if your shelter, your community shelter is going to be open, that's why we're saying, please call ahead. Yeah. Somebody will tell you if it is or isn't. Because the last yeah. thing you need to do is show up somewhere and then all of a sudden your, your shelter is closed. And you need to be doing that now. So like yes. people in Oklahoma who were not under the gun right now, we need to be asking if that's what you rely on every season is a public shelter, then you need to be figuring out now, not the day of a severe weather event, if your shelter is open. Right. You need to have make alternative plans if it's not open. Yep. And, you know, I, I understand the fear of the coronavirus is real. Mm-hmm. And, you know, transmission of it is real. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to say that Rob Marciano from ABC had tweeted out earlier today saying, hey, you know, again, make sure you go out and you check your shelters. And if they're open, take with you your PPE. Take a mask, yeah. take a helmet, take gloves, take anything that you normally would that you're in your current day situation and just apply it to your emergency kit or your go bag or whatever you use when you know that you have to go to a shelter. Yep. Yep. Every year it's always be prepared. And now this is just another step of being prepared for the severe weather. It's yep. ha- like you said, having your VPE. So it's just doing your normal stuff, but just having this little extra step with it you know like it's don't freak out just be prepared be prepared be ready to handle the situation because once you handle the situation or have an understanding of what happens your ability to react will be that much better exactly and you know my mom always used to tell me that luck favors the prepared so there's also that (laughs) absolutely does there's no doubt about that uh, so. I'm just looking at the radar of this Yazoo City storm to the, you know, now it's moved off to the east of Yazoo City. But, man, it's uh, it's pretty broad rotation. It looks like it's kind of bowing out at the moment. But there's some little pockets in there of rotation, but nothing, you know, nothing what we haven't seen before. So, Well, and Bow Echo, if it gets itself nice and organized, that can also be just as damaging. Yes, We've had be. a lot of damage here with straight line winds out of a Bow Echo. So oh, yeah. just because there's not necessarily a tornado threat. At the second, well, I mean, there is, but if there wasn't, the bow echo would be just as damaging. Right. And I mean, this tornado, the second tornado warning they put out of this is an hour in length. And so, you know, you just go through and you read it. It's like, okay, again, radar indicated rotation. Um, Mm -hmm. We get that. Nothing, you know, there's nothing, there are no storm chasers and no spotters that have said that this is an actual tornado on the ground. But the rotation's there. I mean, you look at the velocity signatures, Bonnie, and you can tell that the atmosphere is moving. You know? Yes. It, it is rotating with height, so we, we oh, see 100%. it. Oh, 100%. We see it, and so pull it up. Um, you know, but we're starting to see now storms fire out ahead of this initial line. So Columbus, Mississippi now, and they're talking about this on the Weather Channel as we're, you and I are both watching. By the way, I will say this. I'm really jealous. You have about a seven-second advantage on me. <laughs> 
<laughs> so it's like you're living in the future while we're talking to each other. Um, <laughs> but it's exactly what they're talking about, where the area basically between the Alabama-Mississippi border and Birmingham is wide open. There are no storms. It's mm-hmm. sunny. That warm, humid air is just baking. I'm sure the cap is about to break any minute. And then... You know, it pops in today, and so I'm sure that they'll eventually go now to the, you know, future cast radar, but that first line came through, primes the atmosphere, right? Dumps all the rain. There's your humidity. You're going to get the heating when the sun comes out. There's another ingredient, and so it's just like, man. But, yeah, tornado potential looks like down to the south so far, and uh, we're going to see what happens. But, man, that line, if it does extend, goes right through Birmingham, and I know our friend James Spann will be all over this all day today. Well, I'm I'm ready for it. I and know. Me too. Me too. We're both like getting distracted, I think, by the Weather Channel <laughs> we and are. We are. <laughs> watching the radar. But I mean, like you said, the sun being out, that's huge. And that's something we experience here all the time is a severe weather day. It's kind of cloudy in the morning and it's like, ooh, is this going to ruin our severe weather day? And then the sun comes out and no, it, it the sun coming out before an event is the big thing. And that really can help fuel some serious action. So we'll see how it goes. It builds up that potential energy. I will say this, um, and I need to go back and finish it because I haven't had the chance to, but we talked about you um, a couple, what was it? Gosh, February, you went to your storm spotter training for national weather service. Mm -hmm. And then they announced that they were going to do an advanced spotter training online. Yes. And so I signed up for it. I know you did too. Well, mm-hmm. the demand of that training was so large that it actually had to cap it, I think, at 500 people. Wow. So they took it and then they posted the actual video on YouTube. That's so good. I'm it glad is. they did that. It, it, it's really great. I mean, so shout out to the, the fine folks at the National Weather Service Norman, Oklahoma office. But um, it's a 90-minute video. I'm an hour into it, but I was sitting there taking notes, and I was like... There's so much stuff that I either knew and had forgot or knew and really kind of went back in and really explained it so I had a better feeling of it. But, man, I'm just like, oh, I'm so amped. I'm so amped just to go out and just see storms again or do something. So, Yeah. Oh, I know. That's how I felt when I went to the the one in person. I just right. I took so many pages of notes, and it was all like basic stuff that we know. But like you said, it's just kind of stuff that – you, you got a refresher on. And so I took like six or seven pages of notes. I just was like writing, writing, writing. And I was like, wow. I was like, I'm a giant, giant geek. But let me tell you, not to interrupt our conversation, but the gust front of our little line of storms yes. slash the cold front just came through and kicked up a bunch of leaves and dust and crap. Because I was sitting on my couch and it was real quiet. And then all of a sudden I could hear all this like whooshing outside. And I was like, does this start raining or what? No, it was just... Yep. Nice little gust of wind. Yep, and you can clearly see that. It's funny as I'm drawing on my iPad. You can clearly see it as it's just gone through uh, on a line from Luther down to Jones, about to go through Choctaw, comes through Moore, about to go through Newcastle, and then uh, down toward Norman. But, yeah, there you go. There's your gust front. Sweet. Yeah, but you see my storms died too, right? Oh, yeah, just I'm, I'm seeing west. that. Oh, yeah. But you got storms that are kicking up to your southeast or southwest too, so we'll see. Hopefully it'll hold together and give us a little something. Right. But I mean, nothing like what's happening. No. In Mississippi and everything, but. Yeah, but yeah. you know that that's the you know another trailing edge of the cold front, right? So. Yeah. 
Well, yeah. Like I tweeted you, uh, like I tweeted you this morning or texted you this morning to quote Twister, it's going to be a long day. It's true. Well, and right now it looks like it's going to be a long spring. Well, that's which very, is great. Which, yeah, when we're happy for that. I mean, do you remember last year or two years ago when we started this show? Yeah. Oh, and no nothing happened yeah. anywhere. Yeah. yeah, it was boring. <laughs> well, guess what? That's not going to be this year. So, uh, just, you know, it, it, it's really fascinating. You know, we're looking at. You know, the severe outbreak today is going to continue into tomorrow, like you said, as it moves, uh, you know, toward the East Coast seaboard. But, Bonnie, the everything is everything's primed. I mean, all the ingredients are there. It's going to be one of those things where we look back and I'm like, OK, April really was the kickoff to the season. We thought you oh, know, yeah. maybe late March we'd have some interesting stuff and we did. But uh, that that storm season is now here. Yeah, like, and it's coming in with a bang. So we'll just see what happens in the next coming month or two and just see how active our spring is. I can't wait. I really can't. Yeah. I think, you know, it's going to be one of those ones where, you know, I don't want to jump the gun and say it's going to be one for the record books. But um, if stuff is trending the way it looks, you know, it's going to be pretty good. Um, we're keeping an eye on that. So, again, that's gone through Yazoo City and is now progressing off to the east. Tornado mm-hmm. warning is still up. Um, if you look at just the reflectivity of this on radar, you look, oh, okay, there could be a little spot there, a little spot there. But then you pull up in velocities and you're like, oh, yeah, hmm, okay. It looks like, and again, I'm not on the ground, so I can't confirm it, but this would definitely be a situation if there was a tornado on the ground, it'd be probably rain wrapped because, you know, oh, it, for it, sure. there's no definite hook. Um, the velocities you can see, there are some areas where it's, you know, it's curling back around itself, but nothing that looks overly impressive. And the refresh just comes through. Eh. I mean, there's some, there's some, you know, green and red pixels pretty close to each other, but nothing too overly impressive. But I will say this, that gust front that's, that is moving through in the leading edge of this is cranking out some wind. Yeah, and that's that's major. Like that, those leading gust fronts can be pretty intense, and they, they can, can they can jack some stuff up and blow some lawn furniture around and throw trampolines into the neighbor's yard and stuff. So definitely, there's a lot of hazards with severe weather, and it's not always just about the tornado. Correct, and I know with the PDS watch that they put out today, saying you know several you know you know strong tornadoes are possible, winds up to eighty miles an hour, and my new favorite lime size hail. <laughs> that's so good i it really love it is. lime size hail it is and I, again but you know what though i've taken a picture of hail with a lime before and it makes sense like years ago and so i mean it works it really does work well see i'm i'm jealous of you for that because the largest sized hailstone i've ever seen of the size is about a quarter wow i'll i'll try to find my, my yeah, picture because not only is that. it lime sized it's spiky Ooh, see that I'm jealous of. That I'm and I had of. to. I ran out into the hail to get it. And of course I was you like, did. <laughs> no, no helmet or anything. Just ran right. But you know what? This is a sacrifice you make when yeah, you're obsessed yeah. with the yeah, Knocking yourself unconscious <laughs> or killing yourself to get a picture of hail is definitely <laughs> worth it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Maybe not the smartest thing ever, but whatever. I got a good picture with a lime. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. Yeah. As long as you get it. I mean, it's like, you know, the people, oh, I was doing it for social media. <laughs> no. Yeah. I was doing it for science. Okay. Yeah. For science. You need to have a helmet on, like an actual like hard helmet and shoulder pads <laughs> because that's the only way it's going to protect you so you don't knock yourself out. Right. Because and then taking, get pummeled with it. Yeah. Because taking a hailstone, I mean, go back. Listen, if you haven't seen the video yet, 
of Reed Timmer driving into the hailstorm uh, in Texas earlier this week that absolutely demolished his Subaru. That's yeah, what can happen. His whole car. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That was the craziest thing. And he just kind of was like, meh. Yeah. Well, happens. Okay. Well, thank thanks, Reed. <laughs> Appreciate that. Uh, but yeah, you're, I mean, you're you just, know, but he's probably gone through a million cars like that, though. Oh, I'm like, sure he has, and I'm sure insurance will cover it. Just like, eh, you know. Do you have to tell insurance that you're storm chasing? You know, that's a really good question. I need to ask actually my friends Jeff and Tyler. Tyler um, is my secretary for the Oregon AMS, and Jeff is just one of our weather geeks. But those two went storm chasing together in Oklahoma. They got an SUV. And they did. I don't think they told the insurance company they were going storm chasing, but they did get the hail coverage just in case. Nice. So you know, if they did suffer hail damage, it wasn't necessarily their fault. Um, but I actually, it was funny. They were out chasing one day, and I was watching a live stream back here in Portland uh, at work at one of the radio stations, and they were like, "Oh," and so you know, I was telling him what the you know telling those guys what the radar looked like and if i saw anything that was interesting but all of a sudden they're like oh we're in a parking lot and like oh there's a guy that's like a storm chaser like a legitimate storm chaser and this dude had a live feed going and the next thing i know my two friends are standing like in his camera like his you saw like like taking screenshots of this i'm like oh my gosh you guys are famous you're on the internet so <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> it was really cool it was actually really cool so um yeah i i'd have to ask them how that works but i know that when you go back east and stuff that they will do um you know in the midwest they do offer hail hail you know insurance coverage because it does happen and you, yeah. hear, you hear, and I'm sure you hear more than, you know, most people, but car dealerships, if there's a big hailstorm that will come through, they do a hail sale where it's like, hey. Oops. Yeah, there's some minor dents and stuff, but here, we're going to take like 7000 off the price or whatever. Right. So, and yeah. you're like, cool. And then you can literally just go online and buy a brand new hood for 500 bucks. And look, you just save yourself a lot of money. You know, it's the simple things in life, right? Wait right. for, you gotta take advantage of those deals. Yeah, wait for a hail sale, <laughs> <laughs> or just create your own, you know, dominator and drive around in that with Linux covered, you know, car. You'll you'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. You just get yourself some like whatever he uses, some chicken wire or whatever. I don't even know, like, and just bolt it to all around your car, and bam, you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> See, here's the thing. Wire, if but... I were if I were to drive that car in Portland, people would stare at me. People do that yeah. stuff in Oklahoma City all the time. I was like, eh, no big deal. Yeah, it's it? true. Oh man, it's true. It's true. It's not that abnormal around here to see random different types of storm chase vehicles with equipment all over them and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, but yeah, you're right. In Oregon, people would be like, who is this nut job? Oh, exactly. It totally would be. Um, have you ever seen any of the mobile Dopplers out and about? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, see, I, I, here's what I would do. I would literally, whatever I was doing the rest of the day, I'd stop and I'd follow the mobile radar. Be like, <laughs> nah, I'm, just gonna I'm do this. sure they would love that, Oh, too. I'm sure they would. I'm sure they would. <laughs> I'm a mobile radar. I would. I be. Um, what? Uh, I'm a mobile radar groupie. You know, th- there's a there's a great name. There's a great name for a Twitter feed. Mobile radar groupie, or that'd be a great podcast too name. But oh, it would be. I like that. Post your, post your photos of you with a mobile radar. Out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. yeah. Bonus picture if you get a picture of, of a pissed off Dr. Josh Worman or something like that. You know? like, <laughs> but um. 
See, I think that would be cool. I think it'd be cool to see like a mobile radar. But again, I'm a weather geek. We don't see that stuff in Oregon, so I would totally, I would totally take pictures of it. Oh yeah, well, and you know we've got a, some good ones here. Oh yeah, you know, OU has got some pretty decent ones. So yeah, I mean, it's weird, you know, like you're like jealous of it, and to me, it's like normal. So I, I, just, I guess I never thought about that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, well, maybe you should move down here, and then it'll be normal for you too. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm, I'm looking at it. I'm looking at it. All types of possibilities. <laughs> See, boom. All types of possibilities, but uh, I love that stuff. Um, yeah, so Bonnie and I are both watching the Weather Channel right now. She's got a seven-second advantage on me. Um, Mike Seidel from the Weather Channel, really nice guy. I actually got to meet Mike, gosh, almost 10 years ago, 12 years ago. He was out here covering a heat wave in Oregon because that's the only time the Weather Channel will do anything out here is if it gets like above 105 degrees. Um, <laughs> but Mike's standing in a parking lot, and this is why I love – I'm I'm going to I'm going to give you some inside baseball into my life. If I had a dream job, it wouldn't be doing what Mike is on TV. I'd be the guy next to the camera guy as the producer. I would love to be the producer for the live response team. I think that would be a fantastic job. You're the one that coordinates all the interviews, your locations, the whole nine. That would be my absolute dream job. But Mike standing We'll make it happen. I'm working on it. Mike standing in a parking lot with a mask on talked about ppe earlier he's being safe he's socially distanced from his producer and camera person um <laughs> but yeah well and see and that's huge like that it it's like the news people and the producers and cameramen and everything are like making it aware that they're not exempt from these policies and these rules, you know what I mean? It's like leading by example, I guess. And so exactly. I think that's really good. And even though he's out there and there's just three guys and he's in a parking lot, it's not like he's in a crowded building or anything and nobody's around him because everyone's taking cover from storms. He's still wearing his mask to be like, look, I'm still taking care of myself. So I like that. I like the leading by example type of thing. Exactly. And, you know, we talked about on our shows and other shows about, you know, storm chasers and quarantine and, maintaining proper social distance but this is a good example of you need to have somebody on the ground that's reporting the story because mm -hmm. it's important you need to have chasers on the ground you need to have spotters you know that are able to verify either you know what the radar says and you know we talked a little bit about the national weather service spotter training the guys at nws norman were like listen it's great we have all these tools but we look at a storm from the top down we're not looking at it from the side, and unless it's, like, right next to the National Weather Center, we're not going to be able to tell you if there's a tornado on the ground or not. Exactly. Radar is super helpful, and especially now that velocity data is a thing, because way back ago it wasn't. And so that tells us a lot. It gives us a really good picture, but you still need actual human eyeballs telling you if it's on the ground, if it's rain-wrapped, if it's lime-sized hail or whatever, you know? Like, you need real people telling you that. So right. it's kind of a fine line right now with how many people do we put in the field and, you know, all that stuff with everything going on with the pandemic. So it's like they're just doing the best they can as far as keeping everybody safe from getting sick and from getting hurt by a storm. So it's kind of a double whammy right now. <laughs> no, you're, t you're totally right. It is a double whammy. And you look at what we're seeing. It's important to have the verification. We need to know, right? Mm -hmm. So having, you know, a chaser or a spotter out there is good public safety practice or practice. Yeah. Having a bunch of spotters and chasers out there, not necessarily probably the best thing. 
No. And, you know, we've talked about this before, even before there was a pandemic, it wasn't always the best thing because there was just so many storm chasers that there was traffic just from storm chasers. And that can be really dangerous. We all know the dangers of being caught in traffic during severe weather. So if there's a bunch of storm chasers on the road causing the traffic, that's kind of counterintuitive as to what needs to be done. You know, you're you're totally right. You are totally right. Um, You know, one thing I think that, you know, you and I have talked about this and other people have talked about on Twitter this week um, is the rating system that the Weather Channel uses. And mm-hmm. yeah, yes, this podcast is not turning into a giant Weather Channel commercial by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> we love them and we watch them and we have some people that you know follow us that work for them and we are very thankful for those guys. But with that said... You know, they have their system called a Torcon, which is a, Mm -hmm. you know, a percentage rating of, you know, chunks of 10. So 10 to 100 percent. Well, the outbreak that's going on today and the conditions are favorable that there are some places in the deep south that are in a 70 percent chance of a tornado within 50 miles of a given point. And usually they use, you know, like a major city or kind of like a county, that type of thing. So. Mm When you look at that, that information, I think, is very valuable if it works and it's done properly. And I believe that they, and I say they, the Weather Channel, I think they have done it within an area that I think really works. Now, again, again, I know it's difficult for people to kind of, you know, wrap their head around the rationale that there is a 70% chance of a tornado within a 50 mile radius of some place. You know, that that's kind of that's I yeah. don't, don't want to say it's necessarily super scary, but it's pretty damn close. Yeah. That is pretty significant and that means that people need to take it seriously right. and and pay attention and take shelter when needed and that kind of thing. But yeah, you're right. Like it's not every day that there's a moderate risk of severe weather issued or a torcon of a 7 or higher and so if that's issued, if that's happening, then take it seriously and pay attention. Right. And again, it doesn't mean that the tornado is guaranteed to happen. Obviously, we know that tornadoes, you know, they're they're a phenomenon of weather. We know that, you know, we can try and forecast them the best we can. And we know that we have tools that we can use to see if a tornado is on the ground or that's functioning. But, you know, I I, I believe that having that percentage basis does more for awareness than just saying issuing, you know, what the storm prediction center says well, there's a 15% chance of tornado over this general geographic area. Okay, yeah. Hold up because people don't understand their scale at right. the storm prediction center necessarily, which is fine. That makes sense. The storm prediction center is a research facility and that kind of thing. You know, it's not necessarily breaking it down for the general public. Right. And that's where you're, that's, that's the job of your local national weather service office. Right. Well, and that's also the point of the um, the slight, sure. moderate, and all of that, and the colors and the number scale. That's to make it a little more simpler and break it down, but the rest of it's not. So having the Torcon and just being like, on a scale of 1 to 10, today is a 7, it's pretty significant, kind of helps the general public understand what kind of a significant day it is. Right. And I think a lot of the backlash that we saw on Twitter uh, this week was... Well, people asking meteorologists that don't work for the Weather Channel, well, this Mm -hmm. is what it says. And again, I don't want to get into this being a discussion of, well, their meteorologists are better than somebody else because that's not the case. It's just a product, and honestly, it's a marketing gimmick, which is what it is, 
when it boils mm-hmm. down to, but I think it's a very effective marketing gimmick. Because I'd I rather... mean, some people need it broken down real simple, and that's what they want to hear. Sure. So I agree. I think that it works, but just people need to understand it is a Weather Channel specific scale, not a general use scale like what the Storm Prediction Center or the Weather Service might use. Right. And again, I that's think... just the thing. No, and, and I completely agree with you. I think it's a, a, a thing where people might realize, oh, well, you're a meteorologist. Do you work for the Weather Channel? Right. And it, it boils back down into the, you know, kind of the science illiterate of how we are kind of as a general public. Oh, well, you're a meteorologist. Do you work for the Weather Channel? Because where else would a meteorologist work? Right. Because that's the only weather entity on the earth. Right. Yeah. You know, you know it is it is a very popular one. Uh, there's no doubt mm-hmm. about it. Um, they're a very trustworthy brand. I mean, again, again, this has become this has become the unofficial like marketing <laughs> podcast of the Weather Channel. Um, but you know, people, you know, tune into the Weather Channel. We hear some of the backlash sometimes of you know when they're in national programming, like overnight of a of a tornado or something that's come through, and everyone's like, "Well, the Weather Channel wasn't live." Well, we don't know that for sure because the Weather Channel does have the ability to break into individual markets. We have seen that, um, and we've you know heard the stories of that happening. Yeah. But when you look at it, okay, it's, you know, the Torcon is a tool that they use to provide something. It's like no different than, you know, say Oklahoma News 9 is different from Coco TV and, you know, calling one of their radar products a Viper system versus a, you know, Accu, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. And actually, our Coco TV, which I hope they appreciate that we call it Coco TV because I think that's so funny. Thank you. But, they uh, they kind of have they don't call it Torcon, but he they use a scale system too. Sure. But I don't know if it's one to ten or one to five, but he, they use that also, and that's just kind of their thing that they use. And it's I think really that's always been the study in meteorology is what do people respond to numbers, colors, words, sure combination, you know. And so I think that that's just really what all these different weather enterprises are trying to do. But I do understand that having all these different ones can make it confusing, but I mean, what can you do, you know? Right. I mean, and listen, there is, we, we've talked a little bit on the show um, throughout our history about the psychology of weather, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you talked about on our, what I still refer to as our most important episode where we broke down the you know, the scale and how the colors work and the individual levels of, of you know the storm warnings and the spc scale but when you look at it again it's all about you know trying to inform the viewers it's all Mm -hmm. about trying to make people aware publicly and privately about what's happening and so you know when you look at a scale and i i applaud people that want to try something different right yeah again i know as somebody that's been a, a former weather producer and has worked in tv and radio i get it that it is a marketing gimmick that's what it boils down to at the absolute lowest common denominator. But with that said, that information can save lives. And I think that's important. But yes, I think a more general scale would be great. And, you know, I know that the National Weather Service and I know that NOAA and SPC and public and uh, private entities have had discussions and they're still ongoing. What's the most effective way to get this information out there? Yeah. And what's the most effective way to get people to... React to what you're saying, yeah, and that I think that'll be an ongoing thing. I just think that's I do too humans, 
you I, know. I just think it's a matter of time before they kind of, you know, you know, figure out that these are the areas that we need to, you know, alert the public and really educate it. And that's the other thing. Education of this stuff is not necessarily widespread. Weather no. geeks, you know, we, we, we eat the stuff up. So, you know, we see the press release from NOAA or we see the information that comes across from our local National Weather Service office about a new scale or a new training. So we get that. But I think there's got to be a lot more effort put into the public awareness and public education of how we deal with storms, how we deal with outbreak days, how we assess, you know, watches, warnings, advisories. And I know right now the National Weather Service is looking at either dropping, you know, the word advisory period and either going with an advisory or watch or just a watch and a warning but not having like the combination of those three. So, Oh, okay. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, you know, we could have an, an, you know, like a high wind advisory or a high wind watch. What's the difference between an advisory and a watch? Yeah. You know, we know the difference between a watch and a warning, but are we going to, you know, say we drop the watch and just do, well, it's a tornado advisory and then it goes straight to a tornado warning or, you know, how does that, how does that work? So I know that those discussions are ongoing right now, but, um, constantly having to, you know, fine tune language I get is great, but at some point you need to settle with something and stick with it and then really educate the public about what mm-hmm. it means. I a hundred percent agree. And yeah, having a bunch of different terms can make it confusing. And if it was me personally, my contribution to that whole discussion would be, let's drop the advisory and keep watch and warning because one, those have been the ones that have been around, I feel like, the longest and yes. that people are the most used to. And also, I like alliterations, and I like the WW. So It, it totally, it totally it <laughs> makes sense. It makes sense. So, you know, I know that discussion has been ongoing for a while with the National Weather Service and the NOAA community about, again, effective ways to get that information out there because... Again, just because you have issued a watcher warning does not mean that the public knows it. Yeah. Yeah, and that's true. And like we talked about a little earlier is people watch are, are streaming things through Hulu and Netflix right. and all that a lot more than they're just watching regular programming now, especially because there's no sports on. So that's kind of a challenge right. now more than ever, but especially going forward is is how to do that. And I, I wouldn't even know where to begin on how to break into streaming stuff. So I don't even... I don't even know how that would work. I guess people would have to talk to Netflix and Hulu and blah, blah, blah. So I, that'd be a whole thing that I have no idea right. <laughs> how to solve. But Not, I know that that's something that needs to be talked about for sure. Correct. And I'm, I'm thinking just, you know, kind of off the top of my head. And again, I'm getting into a very basic amount of, you know, engineering that I've done in, in the broadcast field. Um, if you're, you know, watching Hulu or Netflix through, say, like your cable provider, because, you know, all, all the cable providers now have apps, you know, oh, well, you can watch YouTube mm-hmm. through, you know, Comcast or Charter or whoever you have as your cable company. In, in theory, you should be able to do the same thing with, where you have an EAS alert goes off where it kicks everything on cable to that lovely screen and that screeching sound that we all know and love, you know, and a scroll or whatever. But you should be able to do that within the streaming if it's if you're watching through your cable company. Um, if you're just going through Netflix directly or Hulu directly, that's a whole different ballgame. Yeah. Well, and some people have it through like their phone service and exactly. they get it, you know, and then they'll cast from their phone to their TV. And yeah. so it's kind of like there's all these different avenues on how to stream that it's like, 
Well, and then, and then the other issue is when if what if you're using somebody else's Hulu? Right. But I guess that doesn't matter. It's cable company specific. So right. Well, see, there's just so many variables that you'd have to like find a way through. But I I have no doubt that eventually it will be figured out. I just think it's a matter of time on right. on doing that. And I, and I hate to say it, I think it's going to come down to uh, it being a congressional mandate where something has to happen. That will yeah. force them to do this. And I, you and I both hate that because we know that eventually that's what it takes. Sometimes it takes a tragedy or a big event to kind of spur action. And I hope that we get to a point where we don't have to worry about that. But unfortunately, I think that's what's going to be the case here. Yeah. Well, and that's just how people are watching TV now. And so right. that's, I mean, bottom line is it's got to be figured out somehow. So I have no doubt that I'm sure it's on the table wherever people make decisions about these things but it's just it's literally just the logistics like figuring out it's true the different ways to make it happen so but it and i like i said i 100 percent think that it will happen it's just gonna take time no i completely agree i mean again not to go back to praising the weather channel but you know when the weather <laughs> channel launched and they still use a technology called weather star where it's mm-hmm. you know it's a box that's at every cable provider's um, head in system where it is able to take your local forecast and relay it to you for that, you know, specific area. So you know, yeah. there, there are technologies out there that exist that can do that, but there are also new technologies that are being developed that will continue that work. So it's pretty awesome. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Um, yeah. Technology can be kind of a, a hindrance, but also technology in this case is a very, very good thing. Yeah. Oh, I a hundred percent agree. hundred percent. Oh, man, I'm just, you know, we're staring at the radar. We're just waiting. Um, that storm that did go through Yazoo City, by the way, looks pretty impressive on radar. Back mm-hmm. edge of it. There's some, you know, definite rotation there, but um, we're just kind of waiting. We're waiting for it to really pop. And I know this yeah. afternoon is kind of where the big where the big deal is. That line, though, that I will say this right now, that's just to the west of Lake Charles, looks pr- to the east of Lake Charles, looks pretty impressive. And it's just popped up here in the last little bit. But uh, all eyes kind of right now in Louisiana, southern Mississippi. And then we make the transition into Alabama, Georgia, Tennessee tonight. So um, all my friends in Nashville, heads up. Heads yeah, up again. for real. For real. And, you know, it's just the beginning right now. It's early afternoon yep. still. So there's still several hours of this to go and into the overnight hours as well. So everyone in this and ahead of it really needs to be watching it and be on their a game right now they really do um before we wrap we do want to give a special shout out and congratulations to ron m ron is the winner of our handheld anemometer the contest that we ran during national weather podcast month all march uh we want to thank everybody that entered we really appreciate you guys uh doing that it was a lot of fun for bonnie and i to put together so uh once ron responds to our direct message with his address and, uh, yeah, we will get that shipped off to him here in the not-too-distant future. That's awesome. Congrats, Ron, and welcome to the Handheld Animometer Club. Yeah. <laughs> there are three of us, so, uh, yeah. It's perfect. <laughs> well, if you want to count Joey, that's four. I mean, come on. Yeah, true. Yeah, true. We, we appreciate Joey for modeling. I know it was really hard <laughs> for him to hold the animometer for an entire month long in the same position. So uh, <laughs> shout-out to Joey for uh, for helping us with that. <laughs> Yes, we're geeks. It's okay. I don't mind saying. Yeah, that. yeah. 
I embrace it. I embrace it. As, as we all should. As we all should. <laughs> but uh, another great episode of B Squared. If uh, before we wrap, I've said that twice now, but whatever. I don't care. It's my show. I do what I want. Um, exactly. Sorry, our show. It's our show. Um, if today and the tornado potential does actually come to fruition and the forecast verifies and we do have several long track tornadoes and other stuff bonnie and i want to do kind of a special wrap-up episode uh probably Mm -hmm. taping that on wednesday tuesday or wednesday and we'll take a look at what happens so um if it is bad we will be back with a special edition on the show midweek um we hope that it's not but we are uh we're looking forward to hopefully seeing some uh some great video from the middle of nowhere down south because we do like those types of storms we mm-hmm. don't we don't want to see tornadoes go through major metropolitan areas or destroying houses for that matter. We like those right. in the wide open spaces. Exactly. Exactly. And not to get on off on a tangent, but that's why maybe the tornado scale needs to change a little bit because yeah. it shouldn't be only based on damage. But anyways, that's a different conversation for a different podcast episode. Right. But because <laughs> you could have a really beautiful wedge tornado chewing up, you know, Farmer Johnson's cornfield. Yeah, Which you know and you get put, an EF2 scale for that, you know. Yeah, and, and you're just like, no way. There's no way. Yeah, especially if you have verified recorded wind data from that storm. Right. You know. Right. Anyways, different subject, different show. We'll definitely go there in the exactly. next couple of weeks. Yeah, so <laughs> stay tuned for that. We will. We definitely will. <laughs> well, like we said, another great edition of B-Squared, your weekly weather podcast. I am Bobby in Oregon. And I'm Bonnie in Oklahoma. And we will talk to you guys very soon. Bye.